So I, I grew up in Germany. My parents are Ghanaians. And so for me, New York, you know, I, I saw like the skyline pictures in my, in my room and all this kind of stuff. And I always was saying to my mom, I wanted to go to New York and live there for a little bit. For whatever reason, I always wanted to go there. So when I started my modeling career in Germany, my agent recommended me at the time. He said to check out New York because they have more opportunities for black boys, you know, black models. So, you know, I just went there and I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, take, how do you say, I didn't plan much things. I just went, I booked my ticket and everything just fall into place. I found a place to stay. I still with a family who I still have contact with today. Um, and I went, I had three meetings on my first, you know, agency visit thing day. And I think the first agency was maybe New York Models. The next one was One Management. And the third one was Wilhelmina. And so I went into Wilhelmina, and I, the office, you know, at Park, 300 Park Avenue, I don't know if you know the office where it is, or if you've been in there, probably yes. It was a beautiful office. I stepped inside, and the energy was just there, and I was like, damn, I want to I sign with them, you know? So I felt that I want to sign with them, and I had a good meeting, and they said, we we talking to the team, and I thought, I'm going to go home. They said, oh, you can wait here. And then they came back, basically, uh, three of them, and then they said, like, oh, we just, we love you, we'd love to sign you. And uh, yeah, work with you, provide you a visa and work with you. And I was, I was like, I, I went crazy. I was like, yeah, this is Wilhelmina. You know what I'm saying? At the time, it was very big for me. And it was a beautiful moment. Felt amazing. The energy was good. And yeah, that was one of my, my really beautiful moments of modeling. And what was one of your, uh, I guess, one of your least favorable moments? Definitely when I... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, like, uh, one of my least favorite moments was, like, when I wanted to shoot with photographers or even attend to shooting with a photograph and a photographer just, like, you know, for my book or whatever. And, you know, they asked me to, you know, basically strip myself, like, make uh, make yourself, like, you know, naked. And I was like, yeah, I don't really do that things. And they were like, oh, no. They say, if you want to make it as a model in New York, you got to do this kind of thing. So they kind of talked me into it. But, since I started modeling really late, like normal modelists, they start like 17, 18, 19. I was already a grown man, I would say, with 25. And I was like, you know, I was not doing it. And then, you know, the shootings never happened. Even though they were good photographers, I don't want to name anyone. But it happened not only one time, it happened a couple of times. Or like stuff like when we did an undergo shooting, that in the middle they say like, oh, um, yeah, make make yourself happy, you know, so it looks nice, you know. What I mean, make your package happy, so it looks like. So this kind of stuff, I don't really like it, you know. What I mean, I gotta be honest. So yeah. Wow. So that that that's a that's uh that's a lot to handle. I'm glad you handled that real. Uh, sounds like you did. Um. So fast forward with that situation um oh have you heard of anyone else having any issues like that before or anybody else in your circle having those same type of issues oh uh, yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. a lot of times and then how do you guys normally handle that how, are you guys normally talking speaking to your agencies or are you normally talking to your agent or your mother agent or your mother your model manager like how do you guys normally handle that are you handling it internally or are you handling it with yourselves or are you handling it with the person that actually uh, you know yeah, I mean, I mean, like, um, like for me, for instance, you know what I mean. I, I just told my agent, and my agent was like, you know, yeah, fuck him, whatever. We're never gonna work with him again, stuff like that. So this was cool, but um, I think a lot of models, they, some of them, they do 
what the photographer wants from them because they just think like that's what they got to do to get their career to the next level. Maybe it even benefits their modeling in a way. For me, I'm I'm just like, no, nah, I'm a Ghanaian hustler. my middle name, you know, like I, I figured out a different way. So I don't think selling myself, you know, basically, because this is, I don't mind doing a new shooting if it's like really professional and you have a vision and we're going to be in Vogue magazine or stuff like that. It was really cool planned out, but not just like, you know, you trying to see like, a boy naked, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, not like right. that. So, um, and then, uh, I guess we can like, uh, that brings me to the next question is, uh, when's it, when do you know is a good time for you to switch your agency? You talked about how you gained your first agency, Wilhelmina in New York. When, when do you know when it's time to switch to a new agency or is there a trigger or is there something your agency says or your agent says or something that your agent doesn't do? For instance, like in this situation, if you told you, if I, if you were to tell your agent, you know, um, should I, uh, you know, if you called your agent, you like this guy wants me to take off my clothes, whatever, do something that, that doesn't feel, you know, you know, uh, I guess doesn't feel copacetic or feel professional. Um, if your agent didn't do, if your agent didn't side with you, would you leave them or? Is there any kind of triggers that you've noticed that 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 um, that that you that you look out for to know when you're about to switch an agency? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, I think it's always great to have an agency you know you work with for a long, long time. You know, but there are certain things you know. I feel sometimes when you work very long with an agency, maybe they think you guys are friends, which is oftentimes the case. Which is cool to be friends with your agent, but I think. At the same time, you've got to focus on like establishing your career. So if you see that your career is not like steady, steady, like grown, whatever, or you see that your agent, for me, that's my perspective. If I see my agent is just like making false promises or like I don't really feel like like you know he or she is like putting me out there and having a plan for me, which is a lot of times one of the things you know models struggle with. I think because a lot of times it's like it's not you the problem as a model. It's a lot of times it's like who's putting you in front of the right people. It's like marketing in a way, you know. And if I would feel that, that I that I don't have an agent behind my back who's really like, you know, trying, you know, or works with me hand in hand. Or especially like if I come with issues, like if I say, look, this guy's trying to strip me or whatever, I don't like it. If my agent then say like, oh, it is normal, blah, 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 then I'm like, yeah, fuck the money. I'm not working with you. Right. Yeah. So you, so you have to have some kind of integrity for sure um, in the industry, you're saying. Mm. Definitely. And then um, what are some of the other triggers that you've noticed? If so, so for you, you said one of the triggers is if the agent doesn't listen to you when you have a bad experience, one. Two, if the agent doesn't push you consecutively, that's another bad, um, oh, that's another telltale sign. When, when you mention, um, I, want, I want us to elaborate on when you feel an agency or agent is not pushing you to the, to the uh, I guess, to the, to the highest power. When do you know when you're, when you're not, I guess receiving a big push from your agency. When you know when your agency is just like a little lukewarm on you, what are some of the telltale signs for you when you see that? Because I know a lot of models nowadays are, you know, it's a lot of Black Lives Matters um, situations going on right now. And a lot of models are saying, "Oh yeah, this agency is pushing me," or they they push all Black models, or they have a lot of girl models with braids or whatever. So for the most part, it's like um, they they seem pretty proactive, pretty. Um, you know, you know, and the, 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 they're pushing the the, um, the the marginalized model, so to speak. When do you know when the agency is really, uh, I guess, 
when they're authentic or organic or being, you know, real with you, so to speak, when, when you know? I, th I think that what you said is a very, very good point. I think you got to have this internal feeling of like, so I guess you got to develop a certain level of consciousness. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about spiritual consciousness so that you, you feel the energy, you know, you can feel like for me, for instance, I don't want to say that I'm, you know, <clears throat> super spiritual or whatever. I, I'm spiritual, but like I can feel from the first time I meet someone, if they want good for me or if they don't want good for me. But like, I think with modeling a lot of times is, You gotta have listen to your gut feeling, you know, a lot of times. And I'm not saying that the agents, you know, maybe don't want good for you, but I think they want good for you, but they want to achieve it casually, you know. So I don't think for me it's like something like you gotta have an agent in your in your corner who mm. have a vision, who sees you doing certain things and talks them over you, or you say like, let's say, um, let's say I would sign with an agency in New York right now, right? I would sign with a new agency. And I'm talking to my agent and I say to my agent, look, um, in the future, I want to work uh, with Polo. You know, my agency. So if he's honest and authentic, maybe I'm not the type for Polo. He can communicate that. He could say, look, Nick, uh, I think you have a great look. But I think Polo, they like this and this type. Maybe let's aim for the other look. That's not to say that like, we cannot achieve it. But I think we should focus on like putting yourself in the right, you know, direction or with the right clients. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like this conversation these days, especially like it's not happening. And especially if you're young, you model that you just come in and you have no clue from nothing. You think your agents, they're gods, you know what I mean? Even though they take percentage from your money. So I think this is a lot of times like what, what I would say, you know, you got to tap into your, your heart and you got to feel deep inside your heart. Like, is this person really trying to push me? And is it now time to move on? And also I think you have to gain a level of self-awareness or self-confidence that you say like well you know what i am okay with leaving and knowing that the grass is greener on the other side basically you know not angry is greener so that you have a yeah that you're confident if you said you know what i know god got me you know if i leave them now something bigger is on the horizon or later in my life so it has a lot to do with transparency and being honest Not only with yourself, but being honest and open with the agency too, or the agent that you're that you're looking with. That that's a great point to make. So I know a lot of times agencies they'll you know they'll tell a model they have a really great look, but then the model is still on the board for a year with no work or no bookings. Yeah. So that doesn't really help either the model nor the agency. Exactly, <clears throat> and it's frustrating. Yeah, very. I'm sure it's very frustrating. Um, have you have you had a lot of friends? That, or people or colleagues in the industry recently or of late that had some, in, uh, that had experienced that as well or no? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I even experienced that myself at one point that was after COVID. And I remember, you know, I just, I was just, I came back to Europe. So I was in New York, I came back to Europe. So basically in Europe, I was not really focusing on my agencies over there anymore. So I had to, start from scratch, change a lot of agencies. So I went with an agency. They were very promising to me. But like, they were in the UK at the time. So within one year, they were not able to get me any work or anything, a visa, nothing. And then, you know, I left them. I said like, look, I'm like, I can't be with you guys. I need to look for something else. But then they, they try to even make it difficult for me. Say I have a contract and damn, blah, blah, blah. But I managed to, you know, have lawyer friends and they, they let us and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, Because there there's always 
something you have to really look at the contracts i was lucky because there was one point where say the agency say the obligate themselves that they do the best work they can possibly do for me but which is very obvious you don't work for a year year and a half you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> very obvious that you're not doing the best work so leave <laughs> that the one to go you know what i'm saying yeah but still there was a lot of like like you know typing my lawyer and all this kind of stuff so i had to use a little bit a tiny bit of money for my lawyers and stuff which were friends but then i sorted it out which i not recommend to do that to people read the contract and you know be upfront directly directly yeah because a lot of the contracts with the model agencies particularly the big 10 ones they tend to be a little they they look like they're standard contracts but a lot of them they change depending upon the model and who how they want to lock the model in i know there's a like, there's like a worldwide usage or a worldwide representation contract versus a, a single market contract for models and a lot of models don't really didn't really understand that and then there's a a model contract that has like a mother agency agreement or a mother management component to that world management we got worldwide manager contract or representation contract. So there's a lot of things you have to look out for, like you said before. So people should definitely like, uh, you know, and uh, definitely get a lawyer when you have a, um, when you sign with a big agency, I feel that's, yeah. that's a good idea. Best. And then, and then what makes you so interesting for, uh, um, for, um, for us too, is that we liked your look. So when we saw your look, we were like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He has such a great look. So I showed you to a couple of people in the office and they were like, oh, wow, he has a great look. He has a great look. And then I was like, what? And I researched you some more. And I just came back from Germany with the tourism board and I did a trip about sustainability where I was able to um, put together this trip. So I was able, I went to every city that you normally play around in but you don't live in <laughs> yeah okay. I, I, went, I went to hamburg i went to leipzig i went to um frankfurt and i also wow. went to uh uh oh god um yeah i, I went to oh and um ah, the, the one the, of course the, the major one the one with the b i don't know why i'm having a brain fart so I went to Berlin. Just oh my God, I was thinking about Frankfurt too because when I saw you and I know and I was like, okay, so the only other model that I know from in the history of modeling for me was uh, Boris Kojo from back in the day. Oh. He was half, yeah, he was half black and and half American, uh, half something in, in German. And so I was thinking like, wow. So the only person I thought about was him, and then and you. And then I noticed that you said that you or I saw somewhere you said or you stated you lived in Munich or something. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. How you like? How how's Munich? What's what's? So I named all those other four places. I'm gonna try to go back to Germany, um, in the summertime. Hopefully, um, if not this summer, the next. But I feel like Munich is where everybody kept saying Munich, Munich. But for me, I feel like for us, we're always constantly trying to introduce new brands and trends. And Munich is always like in every TV show and every movie. Besides yeah. Berlin, you actually see Munich. If you're if you're a secret agent or a spy, you know the Bourne identity with Jason yeah. Bourne. Matt Damon is always Munich. So, for me, I wanted to make sure that I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I saw something about um, Afro Germans. So, do you consider yourself an Afro German? Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. No. I don't. I don't. It's weird with me. So I'm. I'm mixed, right? So like my dad is is like white. My mom is African, proper, proper African from Ghana, right? So I didn't grow up with my dad anyways. So there's one thing I didn't grow up with my dad. Like, it's no big deal. But like, I grew up with my stepdad, who's also a Ghanaian. So I really grew up with that culture. 
So I don't really, you know, I don't know nobody from a white side, let's say like that. So nobody. That's one thing. But then also the other thing is, for me, do I see myself as German? I have the passport. I am, a, for me, I'm an African Ghanaian who grew up in Germany, you know, because I feel like in Germany, it's not really like they make you feel like you're part of, of them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not part of them. And I had a lot of discussions. I was I was doing street interviews on this topic a lot of times as well. And I had this discussion with my friends as well. Some of my friends who are actually like from completely from Iran or like Nigeria or like mixed as well. And they kept on saying to me, like, because we, we met people and they said like, why are you always saying that you're from Ghana? You know what I'm saying? And you, because you grew up here, you speak the language, everything. And I'm like, you know, the thing is, like in Germany, you, as, as, as much as you want to try, they will never see you. They will never see you as like part of the whole. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And first of all, I don't even want to anyways, because I'm really, I really like my Ghanaian culture. I really like, you know, Ghana. I really love like what my mom and my dad, what they, you know, they, they, they put into my my heart and my soul and, and everything, my mindset. So I really like that. It's cool. I do love Germany too for a lot of good things, you know, health insurance. It's very good here. Like it's very structured, very stable things. They work out here. You know, you don't have like, you don't need to be afraid of, you know, a lot of stuff which you need to be afraid of, like maybe in the US or in the UK. But um, do I consider myself Afro-German? Mm. Mm. Would I, I wouldn't say I'm Afro German, let's say that, but I'm, I probably fit into this character, character. So Afro Germans are kind of like are they like black? How, how would you describe them? How would you define an Afro German? Because I I feel like Afro Germans for me were people who were I guess they're I guess black people in Germany, people who were who were raised in Germany, who were, could who, who who could be descendants of slaves, kind of um kind of I guess you can say. Kind of relative to like the African American experience, yeah. Except, yeah, are they kind of more? Would you would you define that? Refine them as that? Uh, you know, I'll be really honest with you. I know, I know some sometimes people they use it Afro Germans. You know, some people I know from Ghana as well. They say we're, we're Afro Germans. You know, and we do also impacted the German culture a lot. I would say with you know growing up. You know, African influence was also there, with music, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. But what I say is like African-American kind of like this. No, 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 no. no. I think I think if you if you're a German person, German Caucasian person, you see a black person, you would just see them and you say, well, this person must have African or it must be black American descent. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's very it's very tricky. But yeah, if somebody yeah. like all oh, this Afro German, whatever, I would not be offended by it. Let's say it like that, you know. Okay. And then you said your mom, your mom is from Ghana, correct? Yeah. So, and you grew up most of your life in Ghana, or no. I didn't hear you say it again. Germany. German, Germany. So most in yeah. Germany. So yeah. your mom, so, okay, wow. So what kind of, uh, I guess, what were some of the things your mother, or what what sorts of ap- attributes did you gain from your mother that you feel like helped you in this industry? From my mom, oh my God. What did she give me on the journey? I would say my mom just like, my mom just embodies something which is like very, she's very like open and nice. I would say my mom is very open and nice, but also my mom is like, 
you know, she's like a warrior because this lady, she came to Germany and she found her way here and, you know, she managed to sort us out in a way that, um, yeah, we grew up in Germany, which is a lot more stable, obviously, than Ghana and a lot less uh, stressful growing up here than in Ghana. And I think there's something definitely and, yeah, so kind of like this not giving up and all not giving up and also this um, forgive. My mom is very forgiving, so I would say that one definitely. Uh, I don't have struggle forgiving people who did me wrong or whatever. And that's very helpful in the industry, you know, because you will meet people who will do you wrong. And if you attach to that, you know, can be, you know, can bring a lot of stress in your heart. So I'm like, just like, oh, whatever, fuck it. I move on, you know. So, yeah. So basically, like, uh, I guess it's safe to say your mom gave you, um, she helped you with being perse perseverance, perseverance mm -hmm. and being tenacious. And that pretty much helped you in the industry, which is a great thing. And coming in and uh, just a segue into something that I saw on your TikTok. <laughs> I saw a video on your TikTok where you said you were invited to a trip with another young lady. Or a yeah. model. That was a young lady. And she said, um, let's go here, let's go there. You like and then you replied to her, like, I would love to go there. I don't have the money right now to go out of the country or to go on this elaborate trip. And she was like, Why? Why? You you work all the time. You're like, Well, I'm helping out my mom back home. Well, and then she said something as if, um, what did she say? She said, Oh, she made a statement, and I'm not gonna say verbatim, but a, um a statement that was too was close to um, your mom. She's grown. She has her own money. She can handle it. She can handle it. What, what? She can pay her own bills. Yeah, yeah. Why? Right. So, and I noticed what you had said. Now, and, and I wanted you to reiterate, kind of like what you said, because I thought it was very, uh, very, very. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, how, how did you react to that young lady who asked you to go out of the country or go on a trip with her? And you're, um, can you just tell us how you reacted? Many, many people haven't seen that video, but I'm sure that they're going to stumble upon that video because I'll make sure I link to it. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like it showed a lot about your character, which was a great thing. But like, can you can you tell us about that situation? Uh, okay, I just I just tell you so a little bit about the story because I mean, obviously, it was just a very cause of particular very short. So a lot of times, you know, context get lost, but. Of course, I was I was dating a lady. I think, uh, as I said, I was about 25, 26, you know. And I've always been, like, working a lot. You know, I always try to work a lot and have extra cash, whatever. And there was a time my mom was, like, sorting things out back home in Africa, and she needed a little bit more support. So, obviously, you know, I'm a son, you know. I'm, I mean, we're a big family, but still, you know, I'm like, if I can't help my mom, I will help my mom. In general, if I can't help my family, I'll help my family. That's not only for my mom. And... She was like, but I told her, I said, no, I can't come on. She wanted to go on a vacation. I remember summertime, we were in Munich, we were chilling. She wanted to go on a vacation. I said, I can't come at the moment because I ain't got the money. She said, what? Like, you literally been working nonstop. Like, somehow you have to have a little bit of money. And I said, no, nah, I've been, like, sending money to my mom. And then she said, like, oh, but why? She's a grown woman. She can take care of herself. And that one, I was like, what? You know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, honestly. Because for me, in my mind, I was like, thinking i was like look if you date a woman right and she sees that you are like taking care of your own mother that must be a good sign for a woman to know that you are you know you're able to take care of her as well and when things go you know when things go a little bit hard or something like that in the future maybe maybe you guys 
have a child together and you know she can't work at the moment something like that so but the way she was reacting i was like i said god damn it so i don't need to tell you like it was like right <laughs> after we kind of broke up so it didn't take long because it really stuck at me and it, it shows showed a little bit of characteristic i understand too she was from a different culture i gotta clarify that that maybe was one of the last girls I was thinking from a different culture well, yeah i gotta I gotta, I gotta figure that as well i was like i kind of figured that as well I was like, whoa, that was very interesting that you had to really speak to a young person. But, you know, the industry, you know, the industry that, you know, the industry that you're in and we're in for, for you know, it is very interesting. It's either you get somebody who, that is college educated or somebody who has common sense because you have college education, but you still don't have common sense. You can have book smarts and not street smarts. So it's a little yeah. bit of everything. So the fact that you have a little bit, of, it seems as though you have a little bit of everything, which is very interesting um, to say the least. but the fact that somebody would say that to you, I was thinking to myself, like, this definitely has to be somebody that was a foreigner. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. completely foreign. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then uh, the great things is that you talked about some of the videos that you've done in the past where you accosted people on the street and you kind of talked to them about their street style. Yeah. What, made, what, made, what, what initiated that? What initiated that first video that you did? Um. So basically, so I was out. And I met my very, very good friend, Kobe, at the time. That was at, yeah, was was it two years ago? One and a half years ago? I think last, somewhere last year. And he became a very, very good friend. I met him. I was out. And uh, so, was, uh, where was I? We had one in London. So, I meet mm-hmm. this, like, tall guy, black, handsome, whatever. And I just, like, I just said, like, said you know, I, I like to give my, 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 my brother's compliments. You know what I mean? I said, yo, bro, you, you look good, you know? You look good. And he said, whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, wait a minute. Yeah, I know this is crazy, but literally, I know you from social media. I said, what? And he have, he have a very big following, you know? Kobe had a very big following. I said, why you know me from social media? He said, so your beard, the way you trimmed your beard, he said, like, uh, I showed my, my barber, literally, I saw it on my Instagram, and I went to my barber, and I said, I want my beard like this, like this dude. And it was you. He even showed me. He even showed me. He said, look, he saved my, my video where I was doing my beard. So, obviously... We instantly kind of clicked, and he's a content creator. He does the street interviews. He's big now. He's like, he really been grown. So I'm very happy for him as well. He's been making very good partnerships and deals. Um, that by the way. So we followed each other, and we said, oh, let's hang, hang out the next time. Sometimes you know, meet people. You say, like, oh, let's not hang. You know, you never hear from them again. But there was something. You know, there was like an energy between me and this guy, and I followed him and I chilled with my friends, whatever, and I saw him doing the street interviews himself and he like he asked people about maybe you probably even know him because he asked people about uh, americans what do people think about americans so maybe you even know him oh, I I seen you... him. Yeah. yeah he's pretty yeah i think i've seen him yeah i think i've seen him yeah 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 yeah, yeah i seen him yeah oh that's pretty... right it's, it is a person like that oh yeah he's on mm-hmm. tiktok too right he's on tiktok, he's on TikTok as well yeah, yeah. And, and, and people say uh yeah some people they say mean things about him they say mean things about america like whatever yeah or something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So that's him. And then I watched some of his some of his videos. So when I followed him, and I really loved his content. You know, what I mean, because normally, you know, when you watch these street interviews, it's a bit too nasty for me. I'm not gonna lie, it's too right. nasty. Like everybody can do that. Everybody can take a fucking mic in the hand and ask some people, "What is your favorite position?" Blah blah blah. You know. But he's more skillful. You can see, like, with his energy, you know, his right. presence, the way he's presenting things, and the way he's talking to people is more wholesome. And for me, it's like. I would call it 90s humor. So it's not this freaking modern style. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. proper humor. And I like it. I enjoyed his video. And I said, yo, bro, I really enjoy your videos. I think I want to do it too. 
And maybe it was also my calling because I feel like, like he was like, no problem, let's let's do it. And I said, I kept asking. He said, yeah, come, I come filming. He showed me, he showed me everything from A to Z, from A to Z. He not only showed me how to do the, so of course he showed me how to do it, edit the videos and everything and, you know, tips how to market them better and all this. And he showed me everything, like literally like a big brother. So me and him, we are very close friends. That, that one, we became also then very close friends because we clicked very well. Um, yeah, God bless him for that. But also, I learned then, in this, because when you can edit, like, stuff like this, you can edit everything. Right. So I learned how to edit, like, also my fashion reels and all those kind of stuff. So later, that one gave me a lot of brand deals as well with fashion brand deals. So it came handy as well for my Instagram, for the aesthetic and everything. Um, but the main thing, why I thought, think that God put him in my life as well, maybe, because I feel like doing these street interviews, I really enjoyed it because I always wanted to do something in a way where I can also use my normal personality. I'm not just a model. I don't give a fuck. I'm not just a model. You know, many people, they just good at modeling. I'm good at talking. I'm way better at talking than as modeling. Let's say like that. Or I like, I love people. I'm alone. I go home sometimes and I chill on my own. I can, you, <laughs> like, I can be on my own very, very well. But if I go out and I recharge my energy, I do love people. I love talking to people. I love making fun with people. So that gave me a way to, you know, have do something creative with them. And I, I did this interviews and it felt just right and was making a lot of fun. And the main thing which I say, which I gained out of that was like that I gained ultimate confidence. Mm -hmm. When you are able to speak to a random person on the street about something and you keep the conversation and you, your phone is on, people walk past and they look at you. I feel like it helped me to just overcome this fear, which I gained the fear I gained in Germany. Because if you grow up in Germany, black, whatever, if you if you think you're mixed or whatever, Germany doesn't exist. Like only black people internally, we have this conversation that oh, this one is mixed, this one. Forget about it. If you're in Germany, you can be as <laughs> you can be light skinned You know what I mean? Like like first brown light skin. They will say you are a black person. So I grew up in Germany, and I always had this thing like growing up, like walking around like uh. Also from home, you know, it was like always be on point. Everything had to be on point. So there's there was not much room to to do mistakes growing up in Germany or like you know you feel like people looking at you. I'll say like that. So when I started doing these interviews, this kind of fear which was holding me, like oh my god, what do people think? It kind of went away. So I think also that my friend Kobe also came in a sense like an angel to me because really freed me that I can relax and just talk my shit if I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're very good at it. And I was like, I, as I told you, and I'll tell you again, I think you should continue on that path. I feel like there's there's a lot of, they call them uh, men on the streets, is what they call them, men on the streets. And I feel like there's a lot of TV shows, a lot of like a, a lot of news outlets that could use that as well. And so um, that's something they should definitely continue to do. And I'm sure, um, just a segue into the, from that, into where you were talking about your partnerships, um, how did you, so you, you landed some partnerships and did some uh I guess some brand deals with Bamboo Clothing, L'Oreal, and and Davidoff Perfume. Mm -hmm. How did those th those came? Out of, I, I guess um, from them seeing you on the internet. Um, some of, some of them came from me seeing me on the internet first, but they went and booked me with my agency. Okay. Like, and some of them came through my agency. I gotta be honest, but like, I know, I know. Yeah, some of them they saw me on the internet first. Like, they saw me on the internet first, and then they went like the legal way the easier way basically when you go with the agency they take care of the contracts and all this kind of stuff and then i had also brand deals like really brand deals, social media brand deals which they came directly through me through me you know so i do think that social media can be powerful 
Yes, I can. And so, um, and then when sometimes you get your brand deals just for, um, just, you don't have to answer it, but just, just, just asking, um, when you get your brand deals direct to you, do you deflect those to your agencies or do you tell them to speak to your agent or you let them know who you're represented by or do you handle those deals? Are they considered to be separate from the modeling industry or is that? Uh, yeah, I handle okay. them myself. Okay, got it. I myself. And then, um, we all know you're extremely athletic. Um, and, and we're, we're wondering, we're wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your athletic background? Like when did you play sports? What did you, where was your first sport? I saw you dunking a basketball. I was like, you know, for me, I never said, I was like, what? I was like, where did you get this basketball done? Who is this guy? You know, for us in America, you know, a lot of African-Americans, particularly myself, um, I've traveled around the world a lot, obviously, but at the same time, I'm like, what? I'm a, you know, to see you dunk a basketball, bro, that was pretty intense. <laughs> so I was just wondering, like, did you start out in basketball? Like, how did that no. go? Okay, okay. <laughs> which is actually, which is actually something I'm always saying. Like, my friend in Kobe, who grew up in America, because we play basketball sometimes together, and he was like, "Bro," he said, "Listen, if you would grow up in America, you would have been at least something, you know, <laughs> second division or first division somewhere and thinking, you know, because it's like in America is really like sports is a big thing, you know. Here in Europe, the only sport you play is is, is soccer, really. So. I always used to be a little bit more athletic, I would say, not to flex, but I was more athletic than the people in my age group or general. I was more athletic, you know. I um, I used to do sprints in school, sprints and, and uh, long jump when you jump because, you know, you know, black people are fast. Boom, you know. So... <laughs> So, so, so you never, so you never, um, you never had the career path of going to be a football player. When I was younger, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, but I kind of realized it's not really. I, I, I love sports and I love competing. I, I like, I like competing in sports, hundred percent. And but with with a football player, I think he, I must be honest. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't even really like football players. <laughs> they what? piss me off. But you, but you, but you. I'm sure people have told you that you remind you remind us of a, a youthful version of Thierry Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. <laughs> no, that one, I, that one, I have never heard. That one, I've never heard. But um, but I was gonna ask you too as well. Um, congratulations! I saw that you had a magazine cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. So I was gonna ask you, like, how did that? Um, people don't understand there's uh magazines with magazines, no matter how small or large it is, first of all, magazines have their own little network. One, two, magazine covers are very peculiar to, depending on the magazine on who they select or what they select to be on that cover for a myriad of reasons. So, when you do earn a magazine cover, it's not an easy freak, you know, it's not an easy feat, right? So, how did it feel when you when you? got wind of you being on that magazine cover and can you tell us about the magazine and a little bit more about it um yeah it feels very good like i think you mean the ruckus gen right yeah, ruckus. yeah. sorry my you know my accent but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so basically my agent you know he sorted that out for me and so i, I said to him like i want to like you know get more tutorial stuff in my in my book i want to you know, because that's actually what I enjoy modeling. You know, I, I like to do where you can be a bit more creative or you can create your own thing, kind of. And it's not really dependent on the clothes you wear too much. Um, and then he sorted it out. It's a, it's a really men's magazine, I would say. It's a record gen. It's really about, like, it's men, right? In China. Yeah. And I really loved working with them. Like, the editor, the creative director, the photographer, everything. I remember we were, like, in London shooting it on a rooftop thingy and it was... 
a very positive environment and a lot of creative heads were on set and it was was nice you know I was I was very happy obviously you know I was like okay when I figured out this thing is going to be on the cover I was I was very very happy nice congratulations on that cuz you know you. one cover leads to another cover and it's great to see a lot of men of color like yourself were intelligent who uh you know just project project uh positivity um be you know just be rewarded with something like that so definitely 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 uh kudos to that and then i was going to ask you too since you have this very unusual um career path which is a great career path by the way um you know you you have a great um agency uh representation you have a great agency representation you have great tear sheets you have a lot of great things going on with your partners, all this other great stuff. But where do you see yourself in the next five years? <laughs> oh, if I only knew that one. If I only knew that one, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, so one of the things actually I'm thinking about these days a lot is like, I do think like when you stick with something for a while, you definitely improve. Because I remember when I started modeling, like, you know, I, I what I have done now when I, I wanted to do, the way it came was random, you know. It just came here and there, and I was happy. Um, but I'm in a path right now, or, or in a feeling where I know that okay, what is what is next, you know? What is my age is next, but what is next, you know? <laughs> what is I'm ready. I'm ready for you know transitioning into something new. I do enjoy, as I said, working where I can also use my, you know, my intellect maybe or my 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 voice, you know. So if that maybe goes into presenting, if it goes into maybe acting, stuff like that, or it goes into, you know, the full thingy, I don't know. I hope it can work out somehow, but I have ultimate trust in the universe that everything happens for a reason and everything is going to be great. And, you know, yeah, I definitely see myself also, like, open a couple of businesses and go... (laughs) 